Hello, and welcome to ADHD Essentials, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Mahan. I'm a former teacher and mental health clinician turned ADHD coach, trainer, and consultant. I can be reached at brendan at adhdessentials.com. Here at ADHD Essentials, we help families develop the skills and knowledge needed to better manage attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Visit ADHDessentials.com for more details. What's up, team? This week, I'm part of the Executive Function Online Summit, which runs from today through Sunday. In addition to myself, you'll also hear from folks like Michael Delman of Beyond Booksmart, Diana Abram of Calm the Chaos, and Peter Shankman of the Faster Than Normal podcast. That link, of course, will be in the show notes. Also, if you haven't joined the ADHD Essentials Facebook community yet, I highly recommend it. People are getting more and more active every day, and I share all kinds of resources just for you. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash ADHD Essentials community to sign up or just follow the link in the show notes. And finally, the best way to support this show is by sharing it with others, either online or in person. So please let the folks in your Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram feed know that we exist, or give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Welcome to ADHD Essentials. Today, I'll be sharing a handful of back-to-school tips and ideas. Depending on the age of your kid or your individual situation, some of these might need a little bit of tweaking, but I'm sure you'll find things in here that are useful. All right, let's get rolling. First, I want to talk about expectations. We want to set clear, reasonable, and realistic expectations. We want to make sure that our kids know what's expected of them with regard to homework or getting up in the morning or getting up to school, and we want those expectations to be realistic. If your kid has never gotten an A-plus in their life, but they pretty consistently get Bs and maybe the occasional A, expecting them to get nothing but straight A's is not realistic. Maybe you can expect them to get that one A more consistently, or expect them to get two A's. Also, if they tend to drag their feet getting out of the house in the morning, where mornings are a little bit slow, don't expect them to be able to get up and out of the house in 45 minutes. Give them an hour, an hour and a half if necessary, even if it means they have to get up a little bit earlier. And finally, we want these expectations to be visible. We want them to be something the kids can find and that we can find. So if there's a morning structure or routine, maybe you post that on the refrigerator. If there's an afternoon structure or routine and a morning structure and routine, maybe that's going up on the wall. One of the members of this past summer's coaching groups, in fact, set up an amazing whiteboard on their dining room wall that has the plan for the morning, the plan for the afternoon, and then also their evening activities because they tend to change. So there's things like hockey and Cub Scouts and cheerleading on there. So everyone knows what's going on each day and what the expectations are before and after school. It's phenomenal. And when it comes to those morning expectations, let's make sure we're starting our mornings right. First off, do as much as possible the night before. Set the clothes out if that's a battle. Make lunch. Get that stuff done the night before so your mornings are less busy. Also, do your best to have the kids eat healthy, and that line might be lower or higher depending on where you are. If your kids love fruit and they're happy to have hard-boiled eggs, awesome. If Carnation Instant Breakfast is the best thing you're going to get, maybe you do Carnation Instant Breakfast, but you skip the donuts. 
So pay attention to where they are, meet them where they are, and then move it up a little bit as time goes by. Maybe eventually you add a banana to that Carnation Instant Breakfast, either inside it or in their hand. Also, remember that executive functions wake up last. Our kids are going to struggle to sort of manage their emotions and attend to the things they need to attend to when they first wake up. Because if they have ADHD, they're already struggling with executive functions. So give them a little bit of time to wake up in the morning. This is one of the few times where I recommend TV. It tends to help our executive functions get rolling, but we don't want to overdo it. Maybe one show. Two at the most. And finally, don't forget about the personal hygiene. They should be brushing their teeth. They should be washing their face. Those kinds of things. As they get older and get to teenager, maybe they need to be putting on some deodorant. It's your kid. You know how smelly they are. I know mine aren't even teenagers yet, and my wife is already complaining. So, so get some deodorant <laughs> and encourage that. Once they're going to school, now there's some stuff we want to look at. So a few topics that I want to poke around in are social and academic. Socially, we want to support our kids in making friends. Maybe yours is all set. Maybe yours struggles. But if this is important, if this is a thing that matters, here's a couple of ideas for how to help them make those friendships. First of all, teach them to look for kids with similar interests. How are they going to know? Well, they can look at t-shirts. They can look at pins and buttons on backpacks. There's a whole lot of ways that kids signal their interest nowadays. And it's way more acceptable than when I was a kid. I was a kid who loved comic books. I could not wear an X-Men t-shirt to school. It would not have gone well. But nowadays, you can absolutely do that. So if your kid sees somebody with a Mario t-shirt or a Minecraft t-shirt, maybe they compliment that kid's t-shirt. Maybe they ask them what they like about Minecraft or how often they play Minecraft. And they start a conversation. And eventually, maybe that leads to one of them inviting the other one over to play Minecraft or Super Smash Brothers, or whatever the case may be. Also, encourage your kid to get engaged in activities and clubs. If they're participating in after-school clubs or in sports, that's a great way to make friends, and those activities and clubs are based around similar interests. Also, a lot of these clubs tend to work towards a shared goal, and working towards that shared goal is a great way to bond and connect with other people. Another relationship we want to look at is your kid's relationship with their teacher or teachers. A lot of kids struggle with this. They tend to see a teacher as almost a robot who only teaches, and that just isn't the case. So help them see their teacher as a person. There's all kinds of ways teachers signal their outside interests. There might be a picture on their desk of the time that they climbed a mountain nearby or hiked a trail. There might be a huge cutout of Jon Snow, like I saw at a high school that I was visiting one day. They might have a minion hat just hanging on the wall somewhere. All kinds of things might be in that classroom that the teacher is using to let his or her students know what they like. Encourage your kid to find them. And then encourage your kid to talk to your teacher about stuff other than school. If there's a minion hat, have your kid talk to the teacher about Despicable Me or about the Minion movie. That's okay. That's allowed. They can talk about who their favorite Minion is or just talk about something that was funny. Maybe you even sort of rig it a little bit and you watch Despicable Me one weekend and then your kid goes in and talks to the teacher and says, hey, we watched Despicable Me yesterday. 
help your kid recognize that their teacher is a person and connect to them about stuff other than school. It's critical because it will help your teacher and your student get more buy-in with each other. All right, here comes the dreaded one, homework. I know we all struggle with it. I struggle with it at my house. I'm sure you struggle with it at your house. First off, try to do homework at a set time. This doesn't necessarily have to mean 3.30. It might mean after mom and dad get home or after dinner. It might mean a half an hour after they get home from school. There's all kinds of different ways to set this time, but homework should be at roughly the same time every day so that they know what the expectations are and they can get themselves ready for it, both emotionally and physically. Also, have a set location. Are they doing it at the kitchen table? Are they doing it in the dining room or the living room? What's going on with homework? One thing I'm going to say, homework should not be done in their bedroom because it's hard to be there. It's hard to monitor. It's hard to help out if necessary. So keep homework in a public space that sort of encourages that feeling of accountability. Also, when you come home, there's one question I want you to avoid. And that question is, is your homework done? Because if your kid has ADHD and you're asking that question, probably the homework isn't done. So really what you're saying is, hey child, do you want to lie to me or do you want to disappoint me? They don't want to do either of those two things. So change your question. Hey, how's the homework going? What do you have for homework? What are you struggling with? What's the easiest part of your homework? How long do you think the homework's going to take tonight? Those kinds of questions are better. And I do recommend helping your kid guess at how long a given assignment will take. I do this with my clients all the time. We go through their agenda or the website to see what they have for homework, and then I have them estimate how long they think each assignment will take, and then they start doing it, and I time them. So they start to get a reliable strategy for how long stuff takes. We want them to be able to guess that accurately or as accurately as possible. And the only way to do that is for them to guess it and then time to see if they're right. It's not a punishment. It's not a gotcha. It's just an information tool. When your kid's doing homework, be only as present as is necessary. If you being at the table with them is going to overwhelm them, don't be at the table. Wander through the house. Poke your head in every now and then so that they know you're still around. If you being at the table is the only way they can get stuff done and they feel supported by that, great, be at the table. Just don't be looking at a screen and don't bother them. Don't interrupt. Just be there. Knit, color in a coloring book, read something, whatever it has to be. The only screen that I will make an exception for is a laptop. If you're actually doing work, that's different. But you don't want to be on Facebook when your kid's doing homework. That's distracting and kind of mean. And finally, trust but verify. If they tell you that the homework is done, awesome. Give them that trust. Every now and then check to make sure. If they tell you they don't have any homework, maybe wonder about that. Are you sure? Let's check. If they tell you they're not sure if they have homework or not, and there's nothing in their agenda, and there's nothing on the website, they can always call a friend. So encourage them to trust their memory, but verify their memory, and you should do the same. Trust their memory, but also verify their memory. That's the only way to find out how much trust we can actually have in that memory. Studying. This is something we want to break up as much as we can. You don't want to study for three hours straight. No one can do that. Even an hour is too much. 20 minutes, a half an hour, then take a break, then go back to studying. That's the way to do it. 
And that break should be something different. It shouldn't be, I'm studying and now I go look at Instagram or something like that. It should be, I'm studying and now I go do something else entirely that does not involve a screen, that does not involve reading. Maybe they go shoot hoops. Maybe they go for a walk. Maybe they play with the dog. Something different. And then go back to studying after that. The more we break up our studying, the more sort of peaks we get in terms of cognition and memory. And that's where we want to stay. We want to hit as many of those peak cognition moments as possible. When they're studying, if you help them, make sure it's fun. Do your best to have that be a fun experience. So yeah, you can just throw flashcards at them all day. Or you can bring the flashcards outside while they shoot hoops into the living room while they jump on a trampoline. Or you can make some sort of a contest where if they get 10 right, the 10 that they've been struggling with, if they can get eight of them right, they go get ice cream, something like that. And finally, don't overdo the studying. Just like I said, we want to break it up and not study for three hours straight. We also don't have to go gangbusters and totally freak out about how much studying we do. And of course, cramming is not a plan. They should not just be studying the night before the test. They should be studying for a week or two before that test even starts. The next thing I want to look at is transitions. You have to allow for them. Build in time, build in space for your kid to transition to studying, to their homework, even to going to bed. And remember that emotional transitions typically take longer than physical ones. I can walk from the living room to the dining room and sit down at the table to do my homework, but that's just the physical part of that transition. I also have to get myself emotionally ready to do it. I have to climb the wall of awful. Give them time and space to do that. Related to transitions, when it comes to bedtime, give them time to wind down. Sleep is enormous for our success. It's huge for the transition back to school. We want to make sure that our kids are getting the best sleep they can. And ADHD can certainly interfere with that. So bedtime should be at the same time every night as much as possible. I recognize that sometimes your kid might have a gymnastics lesson that goes late. And if that's the case, maybe Wednesdays it's a little bit later. But as much as possible, keep it at the same time. Do your best to let them start winding down two hours prior to going to bed. What do I mean by that? Well, if they've got a gymnastics lesson, they've got a gymnastics lesson. That's going to get in the way of them winding down. If they have homework, they have homework. It's going to get in the way of winding down. Maybe homework can happen earlier. You might not be able to do that with gymnastics, but you can almost certainly do it with homework. When they're winding down, no new topics that might cause stress. If you suddenly wonder if they have a test tomorrow as they're about to go to sleep, don't ask them. All that's going to do is send them into a panic or get them frustrated and annoyed with you. God, mom, I'm on top of it. I have it. Dad, why do you keep asking me about that? I told you I'm good. Why don't you trust me? We want to avoid that kind of a response. This time before bed should be focused on connecting and relaxing as a family or as individuals. So use this time to share your favorite TV show. Use this time to give them a few minutes to read by themselves. But no screens and nothing too loud. Not too much racket. So maybe turn the heavy metal down a little bit. And of course, don't forget about that personal hygiene. Sleep hygiene and personal hygiene go hand in hand. Have them brush their teeth, have them wash their face. And for some kids, that might need to happen earlier rather than later. 
I know for me, if I brush my teeth with mint toothpaste right before I go to bed, it wakes me up. And now I have trouble falling asleep. The same is true for washing my face. So I try to get those things done at least an hour before I go to bed. So that's a handful of thoughts about back to school. I hope that some of them have been useful. Have a good day. Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at adhdessentials.com. And don't forget to check out the website, adhdessentials.com. And visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. 10% better is all you need.